Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, March 22nd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Missouri Tigers reached the second round of the NCAA tournament and were upset by Princeton, but there was nothing upsetting about Mizzou's season. The Tigers were picked to finish 11th in the SEC. They became the number four seed in the league tournament and reached the semifinals for the first time. Missouri also won its first NCAA tournament game in more than a decade when it knocked off Utah State, a betting favorite, in the first round. In all, an excellent season in Columbia for Dennis Gates in his first year as the Tigers head coach. On today's Sportsbeat KC, star columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell discuss Mizzou's season and where the program goes from here, especially from a recruiting standpoint. Okay, let's get started. We all went to first and second round games of the NCAA tournament and covered teams that felt, um, I guess their their feelings ran the gamut of emotions. Um, The team I covered is flying high, Kansas State. Vahe, the team that you covered, is feeling pretty good about itself in the season that they had. And we're going to talk about the Missouri Tigers. And then Sam McDowell um, goes up to Des Moines and brings back an L with the Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> <laughs> so his college basketball season's about over. I like how it's on Sam's ledger, and it really has nothing to do with our, our uh, uh, place and time. No, no. You, um, that, that was a tough one for the Jayhawks. And we, we spoke with Gary Bedore and Shreya Slada about that on yesterday's Sports Beat KC. So I will refer you to that. But let's talk about the Missouri Tigers today. Um, Vahe. I was looking this up in Missouri's basketball history. The first year of Conzo Martin, the Tigers went to the NCAA tournament. That was the Michael Porter Jr. year. And the first year of Frank Haith, Missouri went to the NCAA tournament. That was the the great, fun regular season, right? The team that ended up losing to Norfolk State, but so much fun in the regular season. The first year of Mike Anderson, they didn't go to the NCAA tournament. But they turned around their team. They won 18 games, and everybody felt good about the future. The first year of uh, Quinn. Quinn Snyder, they went to the NCAA tournament. So a lot of success in first seasons of new co- uh, first seasons of coaches at Missouri. Why did this one feel a little different, or was it? You know, what, what was it about this season that you know after a loss you feel like oh what a th- 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 there's some encouragement here. Yeah, I'm well. I'm glad you say that, and you felt like that too, because I felt like. I couldn't get past that being the overarching thing of the season. Um, it's sort of multifold, but I think start with an entire different team. I mean, nine new guys and just sort of the freshness that comes with that. Um, more than doubling their victory total. Um, and I think also, Blair, coming out of a longer period of just sort of doldrums, than we've seen in a long time from Missouri. The stat that came to mind for me was that having not won an NCAA tournament game since 2010, Missouri was in the longest streak of uh, winless postseason NCAA streak since the time between 1944 and 1976. (laughs) That was the the longest since then, and and nowhere near as much, right? But it it spoke a little bit to how a program that was a perennial, more or less perennial NCAA tournament team just not doing anything. So the very fact that they won an NCAA tournament game, I think, was pretty vital in this feeling, too. I I think 
Missouri loses that first round game to, to Utah State. Uh, you know, you still feel like it's a turnaround season and great. They planted the flag a little bit, but I don't think you're feeling like, you know, they broke through. And in this case, I do feel like they had a little bit of a breakthrough. I do think, you know, some people are thinking, well, Princeton, Ivy League team, 15th seed, you know, how do you, how do you lose to them? Um, and we can talk about that. But I, I, I think Princeton's a really good team. I would not be surprised to see Princeton beat Creighton. Um, but anyway, I, well, I regress. I digress. No, no. Um, so th- that that was a long uh, stretch for the Tigers without an NCAA tournament victory, and in a time when, look, from 1944 until 1976, the tournament was only for conference champions. It was, you know, it it, it grew from maybe eight or twelve to like twenty or maybe twenty, whatever it was. Yeah. It was pretty difficult. So in this drought where that Missouri found itself in, I'm not saying it was easy to get to the tournament or win tournament games, but there was more opportunity for yeah, teams to do that. For sure, that's and they right. Had failed over the last decade plus. Yeah, and I think that you know, if if I'm thinking this through in my head right, that that makes this sort of all the more of a problematic streak, um, and and also all the more so when basketball matters in a different way, and also when basketball really needed to matter for a team that. In some a school that in some ways got in the SEC for its basketball program. I mean, certainly there was a lot of thought that Missouri would enhance the SEC in basketball and had not won an NCAA tournament game since joining the SEC till then. So I think that's another part of why this registered. I think also, I'd be interested to know if you guys feel the same way. I am quite struck by Dennis Gates' ability to connect with his players, whether it was in recruiting or uh, – the remarkable uh, calmness he shows during games. I'm not sure I've seen a guy um, more sort of just restrained in his his movements and gestures and thoughts during a game than, than Dennis Gates in, in recent years. Uh, and it stands out all the more with him wearing being one of the last few to wear wear a suit, right? It's it's uh, it's just interesting how that goes, and I think. Um, it shows you on many levels that you don't have to do it the way everybody's doing it. You know, um, you, you've mentioned that before, uh, that uh, the, his, the way he's connected with players. I'll take it a step further and say he connected with older players, experienced players. It wasn't yeah. like a bunch of freshmen where you suspect yeah, you've, you've sweet-talked them into coming to your school, although, although that happened to some extent with transfers. Maybe, maybe part of it was he took guys – from you know non-major programs and gave them the opportunity to play at this level, and there was a just a, a feeling of appreciation on the part of Demoy Hodge and Noah Carter and and everybody else who transferred in, um, and and that helped bond them and, and strengthen the connection between you know coach and player. I I think you're right, and I think what's you spoke about this early in the season, and uh, I can't remember exactly how you framed it, but. The notion of this being a little bit of a blueprint or demonstration of what can be uh, cultivated through basically mid-major recruiting, recruiting of mid-major schools for this team. I mean, only uh, Nick Honor coming in from Clemson mm-hmm. uh, was at a so-called Power 5 or Power 6 school. Everybody else, there were seven other transfers, five from mid-majors and two from junior colleges. So. Now, a thing I thought I had the other day is that 
this all seems to portend good stuff. Um, but we have seen some one-hit wonders in terms of results. You know, a, a, somebody who comes in, strikes fast. You know, Frank Haith is actually an interesting example. That team that Frank Haith uh, took over from Mike Anderson, that was one of the most in just enjoyable, cohesive, great basketball teams I can remember seeing until they played at Norfolk State. They had a bad matchup. Um, and But that was a wonderful team. And then, you know, what seemed to prove to be the case with Frank was that he did really well with the guys he inherited, um, fusing them together. And, you know, within a couple of years, he was looking to get out before he got pushed out. So... I don't think that's going to be the case with Dennis Gates, but I guess it should give us pause to see that these sorts of breakthroughs have to be uh, now demonstrated to be able to develop consistency. And uh, I think that most Missouri fans would be disappointed if they thought this was um, the ceiling instead of the, the, the baseline. It's a different era, though. I mean, the the fact that the, the way the transfer portal works now and how many guys are willing to enter that and sort of, you mentioned a player, I mean, they, he's collected guys who thought they could play at this level who were not given that opportunity until he allowed it, and he took advantage of that. And this team, unlike those teams you mentioned of these past coaches, was his team. I mean, he did have Kobe Brown, which was a gigantic yeah. leftover. Um, but my guess is he probably had to recruit Kobe Brown all over again, too, because no he, doubt. he, he had that option where a lot of the guys probably didn't really feel like when they had a new coach that that wasn't their first thought is where am I going to go then? When my coach just left, where am I going to go? That is the thought of a lot of players now when their coach leaves. So I'm guessing he had to re-recruit Kobe Brown. And a lot of these guys we're talking about when you go through the guys that played a lot of big minutes for him are his guys. Um, now, what's going to be really interesting moving forward is if he recruited that type of team because he had to, um, he had to fill out a roster, or whether that's how he envisions building a team at Missouri. Um, you know, you'd like to see, I mean, the team I just covered has a lot of guys who have been there for a long time. I mean, Jalen Wilson was there three years. You go back and look at last year's KU team and um, David McCullough and Ochai Baji and Christian Brown were all there for three or four years. And I think that's what leads to the next level of success that Missouri wasn't able to get to this year. And that's going to require getting some high school kids to buy into a philosophy and stick through it. I love the distinction you made because it, even though I do think we need to see it over time, I think it's a almost uh, inverse situation with with. Uh, the first Frank Haith season and, and the first one of Dennis. He, you're right that these are the guys he bought it, he had to bring in, but also had to get bought in. And Kobe was a bit of a special case. I mean, nine players had gone in the portal, and Kobe and Caleb Brown were considering it, and he was able to meet with them and their parents. And that meeting um, did re recruit him and convince him to stay. So I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a really great point that um, this was Dennis's team in ways that, that you know weren't necessarily applicable to the first Frank Haith season. Yeah, but as Sam said, that is how that's the world of college basketball today. Yeah. And the uh, recruiting means you know doing what you've always done. You go to camps and, and you look at the high school. The you know the, the guys are in high school and prep schools. But even more than that, it means 
recruiting off of someone else's roster, which which Dennis Gates and Missouri did in a major way this past year. Is it sustainable for a uh, for a program? I, <clears throat> did they get lucky this year? Did they get did they have the right guys? Was it the right chemistry? I don't know. It seemed like he he, he recruited or you know uh, landed a bunch of positionless players, threw them out there. That's why they weren't a great rebounding team because there wasn't a, a you know a, a, a natural big guy as part of this group, <clears throat> but they could shoot. And they were good athletes. They can get up and down the floor, score. And uh, I, I thought in the first NCAA tournament game against U- Utah State, there was definitely a class difference um, watching Missouri's athletes against Utah State's athletes. And uh, and oddly enough, Utah State was a betting favorite in that game. Yeah. I, I just remember thinking you and I were talking about it last week. I, I'm not sure how that's why that is, or you know, but it was apparent to me. As that game unfolded in the second half, Missouri was just clearly the better team with the better athletes. They are a little. I mean, they played a little bit like a mid-major type of style. I know Dennis Gates made that comment after they beat Tennessee. Like, how's that for a mid-major? And I just, yeah, I didn't think yeah. that that was the critique that I guess he probably took and wanted his guys to to absorb that as criticism. Mm-hmm. But it was sort of like a mid-major all-star team, and to me, that that's not a criticism. Like that yeah. can be complimentary if you use it that way, because they played that style. Yeah. And so, uh, when you when you try and forecast whether this is sustainable, first of all, I think it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be exhausting. First of all, to feel like every offseason you have to completely reform your team, like that's going to be exhausting. You want you want a lot of holdovers that know your system, know your culture. Like there's there's a significant benefit to that, but. I would think other mid-major kids that are in a similar position of like, man, I just want to play Power 5 basketball. Somebody give me a chance. They look, probably would, would look at the way Missouri played, and it's not just the, the fast-paced nature, but Dennis Gates gives those guys a lot of freedom to, to shoot. Um, there's not – I mean, to your point earlier, Vi, about the calm demeanor, that applies not just to the referees but to his own guys yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, And it's not just – hey, we're down 12, you know, I'm, I'm in panic mode. It's also, there's not a lot of yelling. I mean, when, when you go watch a, K, a KU game, you see oh. Corside, Bill Self yeah. is yelling almost every play. Yeah. And a lot of times it's criticism of something uh, his own guy screwed up three possessions ago. He still remembers it. And he wants the player to make sure he knows that, hey, you screwed up that play three. Like, <laughs> you don't see that from Dennis Gates. And I would just think that a lot of player I mean Bill Self's got the credibility he's a Hall of Fame coach yeah the success speaks for itself Dennis Gates might need to recruit a little bit uh, on just the brand of basketball they play and just the enjoyment of, of playing on that roster you know it's a great interesting thing to bring up Bill and, and Dennis Gates because Blair I know uh, you spoke with Leonard Hamilton a few months ago about it was leading into the Missouri Kansas game yeah. and I spoke with him a little mm-hmm. time before that and I can't remember exactly Leonard's words either to you or me, but but basically he sees a lot of Bill in Dennis and vice versa. Uh, I've had other people say that to me. And what's what's kind of fascinating though is that personas are completely different well, on, not on, on the, the court. There's been, yeah, there's not there's no no relationship at all there. Um, one last thing about Dennis, um, and you know, can you replicate this? Sam's right about it being exhausting to have to replicate that many. You hope for their sake that you know, five, six, seven will stick now, and maybe there'll be some you know flow it, and just baseline establishment, foundation establishment with that. Be great for them if Kobe comes back. But one thing he probably can't count on all the time will be you know he brought in three guys from Cleveland State. Uh, I believe. 
I, the sequence is a little off in my head, but he, had, he also had recruited Colston. He started to look at him at, when he was Dennis was assistant at Florida State, and then you know, it was just kind of bad timing, and he ended up at Milwaukee instead of Cleveland State. But those are four guys that Dennis kind of already, you know, was in in um, some sort of unison with. So that that is a little bit of the magic of this season, but also a thing that obviously he has other relationships with other people he recruited, but he had a head start in certain ways on some of these. Well, and Sean East, too, was the point Sean, guard for yeah. um, uh, Kyle Smith-Peters' team yeah. in junior college, and, of course, Smith-Peters Smith joined the Missouri staff this year. So there were connections. That's, that's how you play the game, right, yeah. in recruiting. It's, it's, it's all about connections. Um, I want to go back to something you, you, you said um, just about roster composition, and um, it, it occurs to me that you know, Kansas and Bill Self, um, you see a lot of recruiting of freshmen who grow through the program, and that's a hallmark of a, of, of a Bill Self program. They, a, a player like Abaji, a player like Devontae Graham, Frank, Frank Mason, um, guys that get, just get better through the program, and you have to have that. Um, you, you do. Uh, and I think we're going to see that with Aiden Shaw for Missouri, the, the lone freshman uh, on this team. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. I've got four or five points in my head here. i got to sort them all out because I want to go back to something you said about his on-court demeanor, Sam. I do remember a game in which either Golston or Demoy Hodge took a shot early in the shot clock, and it was bad. It was deep three-point attempt, and... The re- it was one of those that bounced over the backboard and out of bounds. You think, what a, what a lousy shot. And as the game continued, that player went over to the – Gage called him over to the Missouri sideline and put his arms on his shoulder. It's, you know, you could just say, see, see him shaking his head like, is that the shot we want? No, it is not. Perfect. <laughs> and I thought, okay, there's some court there's some coaching going yeah, yeah. on. Yeah, I don't, mean right to, I don't mean to suggest he's neglectful. I mean, I just <laughs> right. think he's, he's taking a different approach to – Communicating, right? <laughs> That's um, great. Is that how you you would coach? <laughs> is that the shot we want? <laughs> no, no, it is not. <laughs> let's try to improve it. <laughs> um, uh, okay, and then uh, let's connect a, a previous point. I don't think Kansas has the success it's had over the last couple of years without Kevin McCuller this year. The transfer. From Texas Tech, they're going to have for one year, and the season before that, Remy Martin comes off the bench Ooh. and an All Pac-12 player, and gives Kansas instant, instant offense in the second half of the national championship. They don't win the national championship without that guy. 
So I, I actually think Kansas has done a really nice job of infusing, infusing the, the transfers and identifying a type of player that they need, defensive specialist in McCuller, instant offense in Remy Martin, both helped in a big way for those teams. And that's kind of like what I want to see Missouri do. Well, to Sam's point about to get to the next tier, I think maybe Sam could say it better than I can say it for him, but that was what you meant, right? You get to this place where you're getting a couple of those guys to be that over-the-top next next step, but you've got mm-hmm. you've got you know your core. Yeah, I mean, Bill Self goes in and outs and recruits the transfer portal, which with he fills holes through the transfer portal. Dennis Gates last year again because he had to. He's put in that position, just had to collect some guys, and then he had to see how they might fit in. And yeah, I mean, in order, I mean, you've got to develop an Aiden Shaw toward by his junior year. You're building around Aiden Shaw. Yep. And there's a big difference to that. I mean, KU builds around, you know, it, I, I've long thought as much as, you know, KU probably has a one-and-done player this year with Grady Dick. They get more value out of the guys who were there for three or four years because, first of all, they get them for three or four years instead of one. But by their third or fourth year, they're better than those one-and-dones. Not more talented, but they're better for a college basketball player I mean, those guys that we just mentioned, the Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, Ochai, Christian Brown, none of those guys were highly recruited. Um, They're not as highly recruited as Grady Dick was, and they get more value out of those guys. All all of their seasons ended in the Final Four of the Region Championship game. Grady Dick's ended in the second round. Josh Jackson's ended in the regional final. Andrew Wiggins Wiggins. ended in the second round. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, Embiid in the same. Yep, yep. That's a, that, listen, that is a great point. The, when you put those up against each other just like that, that's, that's a great point. Well, especially if you're, if you're building your team around that freshman. Yeah. Um, and yeah. They're not a complimentary player, but they're your leading scorer, right? Yeah. Um, and in most cases, that, that was oh, – Grady Dick was second to Jalen Wilson this year. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I also, how about the, the idea that uh, Dennis Gates and Jerome Tang at Kansas State have just ruined it for athletic directors across the country – um, now, uh, there is no reason to believe you hire a coach, he can't be in the NCAA tournament his first year, no matter what or how little success your program had the previous year, right? Yeah. Missouri was picked 11th in the SEC. Kansas State was picked 10th and last in the Big 12. K-State's in the Sweet 16. Dennis Gates just had a phenomenal season that just ended. So um, no excuses. You know, and both, both coaches – now look, they each had an important player coming back, Marquise Noel for uh, for Kansas State, but not. I, I didn't see this guy last year, Marquise Noel, and Kobe and Kobe Kobe Brown. His numbers Im- improved tremendously. Became a really good three point shooter this year. So, you make the right hire. There's no reason at all your program with an infusion of talent and um, cannot be a successful team the next year. You're right, and doing it, you know, when the the coin of the realm is the new world order of you know transfer portal and uh, NIL. Like working within that, they're sort of among the first two to to do this this well this fast. Um, and it, I don't know, it's too early in, in it to see if this has an impact on uh, you know somehow faster yet moving people out of jobs if they don't they don't make a turn. But I mean, look what they just did. I mean, so that's that's an interesting point for sure. Absolutely, the fairly ridiculous. Uh, I almost said it. I almost said fairly ridiculous. <laughs> the fairly Dickinson team was four, four and whatever last year, um, and, and and they pulled up the up- and new coach pulled off the upset of the new coach from D two, right? Yep, D two, who 
was another Ben McCollum victim at, at some point. Yeah, and, and, yep. Um, uh, who, by the way, really needs to get a Division One job. Wichita State's open. Yes, it is. I've thrown that out there. Mm. Ben McCollum to Wichita State. They haven't made the hire yet. By the way, the best part of the Fairleigh Dickinson thing is that, you know, they – they didn't even win their conference tournament <laughs> because what was it Merrimack that Merrimack not yet yep, you know, for fully certified. Right. So they celebrated when they won their semifinal for the conference tournament. <laughs> That's right. They were the runner-up, just like Miss America in this case. If the winner could not fulfill the duties, <laughs> <laughs> the runner-up gets to go. That's what happens. <laughs> oh, anyway, man. Uh, any other good first weekend tournament impressions? Um, anything? Well, just you mentioned Marquise Noel. Not seeing that guy last year, I, I my jaw was just open the whole time watching him yesterday or I'm, Sunday. I'm I mean. glad you watched it because if you haven't watched it, just go to YouTube and type in Marquise Noel highlights. It was just just unreal. He I made mean, he, he made five or six plays in a game that if you saw once during the season, you'd talk about it all year. Yeah, he, he was the, the the behind the back assist and, and then between the legs run. assist and, and yeah. like like five no the, look the no things looks. I saw. Yeah, yeah. I saw that uh, I didn't get to read. Watched the clip, but I saw that there was a, a clip. Um, they ran some bubble screen that they credited to oh, yeah. Patrick yeah. Mahomes. But, in- inbounds play. But his whole game, I thought, was uh, Mahomes. Very Mahomes like. Isn't yeah. that what we would see Patrick be like out there? <laughs> Except a little taller, a little guy. <laughs> they were they were fun, and what a what a great victory for uh, for Kansas State over Kentucky. So uh, so Kentucky lost this year to. Kansas State, Missouri, and Kansas. Cool. They did that in 2018 as well, um, and that was the year Kansas went to the Final Four with Marquise Noel or with uh, uh, Devontae Graham, that team. So, um, look, Kentucky, kind of an ordinary team in both years. Really, they were a five seed in 2018, and they were a six seed this year. But it's just always something about beating a Kentucky team, I think, for yeah. one of our locals. It's attention-grabbing. It was big for Missouri early, right, when they, they were still kind of coming off that, that blasting by Kansas. Then they had really uh, uh, just a great game against Illinois. But then to just just days later, you know, yeah. just just handle Kentucky. By the way, I, you will know this off the top of your head, Blair, but first Sweet 16 without Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, Carolina – Seems like another blue blood we I'm not thinking of, but well, it happened two years ago. It did in, in 21 in, in, huh? in the, the Indy tournament, uh, the the COVID tournament. But before that, it was 1972, maybe something like that. Without all five, without Duke well, and Carolina, four. Duke, Carolina, okay. Kentucky, or Kansas. Okay, in the Sweet 16. So. That's anyway. Yeah, so I guess it's pretty common now. But um, <laughs> it's right. it, it happens it, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and look, the, but but really, that maybe that makes the point a better point, like that. You know, I don't know if you call it a changing of the guard, but there's something a little different in college basketball where, you know, it's it's not always the same suspects. Um, Doesn't have to be, or at least not to this point. Right, we'll narrow it down soon. All right, that was Sam McDowell yawning. So that's our that's our signal. <laughs> hey, it's a rainy to, day. You just had to listen to me talk a little too we just, much. We just I had a big it. lunch, so um, yeah, it's it's nap time here at the at the star. <laughs> um, thanks, Vahe. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Randy Mason, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell for sharing their insights. Morning Sports Edition was 43 pages full of NCAA men's and women's tournament coverage, good stuff from the World Baseball Classic, and so much more. Check it out at Live Edition 
www.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. We'll be right back.